Welcome to Habs Unfiltered. This independent podcast is featured on the Hockey Writers and iHeartRadio, bringing you honest and unfiltered entertainment and discussion on the Montreal Canadiens and hockey news. Your hosts, Matt Smith, Treg Wilson, and Blaine Putney are proud to be one of your trusted sources. If you are talking about it, so are we. And welcome to Habs Unfiltered. I'm your host, Blaine Putney, and I am joined now by a special guest, Will Smith of USA Hockey. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. It's a real pleasure to have you here. Um, I'm really excited to talk to you about your season thus far and what's coming up for you real soon. So, but I want to start it off right at the start and ask, what drew you to the sport to begin with? Yeah, I think getting into it at a young age, around three or four, was um, kind of the fun of it and how how fast it is sliding around the ice. So I think that's kind of what drew me in. And then as we kept going up up the levels, um, the competitiveness and the in the in the winning feel of of these games, kind of what what uh, brought my love to the game. Now, I understand that hockey wasn't exactly a sport that ran through your family um what other sports did you play in your household growing up yeah ba- baseball was the biggest one um that's kind of what i thought i would be doing probably but uh baseball basketball i mean i kind of did everything growing up and then uh eventually chose hockey so did you feel that it helped you in building some skills that you use on the ice to play all these different sports I think definitely hand-eye and kind of where I got my hands from came from baseball. I think throwing the ball off the wall or playing catch with my dad or my mom used to throw me tennis balls in the house. So I think that's kind of what got my hand-eye to where it is and uh, kind of helps me with my hands on the ice. You're from Lexington, Mass. Uh, you're, you're crowd close to Bostonian uh, in the suburbs. And I know that Minnesota likes to claim it's the state of hockey, but there is a much longer tradition in your area. So you must have had family and friends help you out with the sport in your minor hockey days. Yeah, I think, like you said, BC's, I mean, Boston's, sorry, I'm a hockey meta. Um, you got all the colleges, BC, BU, Northeastern, Harvard. Um, those are just a few of the big programs that are in such a small radius of each other. So I think growing up too, I mean, Bobby Orr, all those famous Bruins. So I think um, hockey's huge in Boston. My family definitely loved it. So clearly you grew up a, a Bruins fan. Yes. Well, you know, we, we won't hold it against you here. Um, but growing up in the Boston area, you had some minor hockey coaches uh, that, you may still be in touch with, namely someone with ties to Montreal and that's can't use the general manager. That is true. He uh, was my coach for a couple of years. Um, now he is the general manager of the Canadians, which is pretty funny. Now, what was he like as a coach? Did he, how was he encouraging? Was he hard on you? You know, in general terms, I think it was a mix of both. I think he's probably my, 
best and favorite coach I've ever had um, growing up. So I think he kind of made my game to what it is of teaching me how to play the, the game the right way and making sure I know that if, if you don't play the right way, then the next level is just going to get harder and harder. So I think as a coach, he definitely let us know if we were doing something wrong or what we could work with. Um, but I mean, he was great, encouraging, everything like that. Now your coaches with the U S program uh, from my understanding and in talking to them in the past, they're pretty similar to that. Um, how hard was it to leave home and then move out there to join that program? It's, it was hard at the same time, but it's also the national team. So I think coming here, it's um, you miss it for a month or two of being back home. But when you get to put on that sweater every day, it's, it's pretty special. And I mean, we have state of the art facilities. So I think everyone wishes they could, wishes they could be here. So we're pretty lucky. Now you, you were there nearing the end of the pandemic. How did that affect uh, your training and the games and, and basically the, the entire program? I think uh, coming into it, it was a little different because um, we had different tryout camps and stuff like that based on COVID, but um, the pandemic only really affected my, my last year in high school. So um, just having kind of a mixed schedule and, not as many games, but as we wish we could, but it is what it is. And uh, now it, now it's over basically. Back to, back to your game specifically. Is there any specific players that you like to follow or emulate or even take inspiration from? I really like watching Jack Hughes. I mean, he was, came from the program just a couple of years ago, which is pretty cool. And uh, so I still get to watch, Oh, we played here and now he's on the devil. So I think watching the way he plays the game is something I try to model my game after. Now you do look highly creative on the ice, just like he does. Um, do you work on that or does that in that confidence and the creativity, does that come naturally? I think it comes naturally, but um, my creativity mostly comes from not being scared to make plays. Like, uh, like you said, confidence and practice is really where it comes from. Um, being able to try new stuff out. And then when it comes to a game, uh, feel confident you're going to pull it off. Now, if there was one skill you could pick from any player that you've watched, what would it, what would it be? That's a tough question. I I'd probably have to say Austin Matthews shot. I think we all know how ridiculous that is. So uh, that would sadly, yes. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now, is there any one area that you focus on in practice as well? Yeah, I think in practice, I really focus on face-offs. I think being a centerman and especially going to the next level, that's a, that's a huge deal. So I think um, spending time on those at the end of practice for 15 to 20 minutes really helps it out for games. Now, back to the shooting. Uh, I noticed in watching several of your games, when you're on the power play, like most centers play along the half wall and they generate uh, offense and passing lanes that way, but you're up on the blue line. Uh, do you do that to take advantage of your shot or do you do that to have a better advantage at seeing plays open up? Um, I think being near the blue line kind of gives me um, a better view of plays that I can make. And then um, if I want to creep down the half wall and make a seam or go back up to my demon, it's, uh, it's, it's easier for me to make those plays, but, 
Um, I think it also is, is nice for me to catch a puck in stride and be able to go in and shoot. Yeah, I, I've noticed that there's uh, rare occasions where you actually leave the zone, come back in with some speed too. Uh, is that planned or you just notice the openings and try and take advantage of those? I think uh, noticing the openings, I, I don't do that all the time, but when I do notice that, I try to get some speed and uh, kind of that gives me more time and um, area to think about what I'm going to do next. This season, you've been on fire production-wise. Um, you, you've put up a ton of points. Um, what approach do you take on each shift that helps make you such a dangerous player? Yeah, I, I think it starts before the game. I, uh, knowing you're going into a game, you want to be dominant every shift. Um, there's going to be shifts that are going to be uh, harder than others where you might not have the puck as much, but I think knowing that you have the next shift, the next shift. So I think... Um, Wanting to have a have a, another team be worried about your line being out there is something we take pride in, and um, wanting to go out there and show them that uh, we're a better line. Your line mates, uh, Ryan Leonard, Gabe Perot, all three of your projected top fifteen picks. So, what do you do to help them improve their game or to take bring out the best in their game? I mean, we're always talking to each other on the bench or. Um, mid game or practice so we're always working together and making sure if we do make mistakes in practice then we talk about it and um, we'll fix it but I think we're all very competitive so I think that helps us out and um, we all want each other to be successful so um, that also helps now that competition level does that does that uh, spill out side of the rink when you guys are hanging out you know playing ping pong or whatever it, it might be Oh, big time. I think we are very competitive off the ice. I mean, whether it's ping pong, golf, pickleball, whatever it is. I mean, we're always going at it no matter what. Yeah, that's uh, that's part of the fun of the game, too, is, right? It's to yeah. basically one up your best friends. Oh, yeah. Now, you played last season with Logan Cooley and you're you're kind of out producing him at this point do you do you still talk to him and do you use this as a way to friendly friendly nudge him or chirp him in any way no i don't not of that not anything like that um i mean he's playing in the frozen four right now so he's he's doing just fine but uh i uh yeah i mean cools was unreal last year and he's doing unreal this year but we haven't we haven't chirped each other at all really well, I mean, you, you almost had the opportunity this year when you you were with the Team USA for the World Junior Tryouts. Unfortunately, you missed out. What happened to make you miss the uh, the championships this year? Yeah, I kind of just had some off-ice problems. I got a little sick. I got a virus and uh, bad timing, and uh, it is what it is, but everything kind of happens for a reason, and hopefully I'll be there next year. Now, I was there at the World Juniors, and I was talking to some of your t your potential teammates at the time, uh, people like Gavin Bradley and Trey Augustine. They mentioned you by name and how they wished you would have been there. Um, now that your your absence was noted and they had that bronze medal, do you feel like if you were there, maybe it could have been just a little bit better? I mean, you never know. I think I, I, I wish I was there and... Um... 
wanted to do whatever I could to help those guys out, but um, they came back with the bronze and uh, they represent our country very well over there. Yeah, they were they were fun to watch this year. I'm not gonna lie, I watched every single game, and especially that bronze medal game was something else to behold. Um, it wasn't a lot of defense, unfortunately, for whatever reason. Um, so, eh. but it, it was tons of fun to watch. I mean, the fans were going nuts. So, at least there was that. And speaking about defense. Um, you're known for your offense, but I've seen a progression in your defensive game over the last year. Um, that's something scouts call players out on a lot when they're entering the draft. And it's an area you seem a lot more comfortable in this year. What approach were you taking on that front to improve there? Yeah, I think taking pride in, in the defensive game, um, defending quick and uh, that's what we say. We defend quick and we get to be more on offense. So I think, um, like I said, take it pride. We don't want anyone else doing, having any offense when our line's out there. So I think, like I said, taking pride and uh, quicker we play D the quicker we'll be back on offense. Just how often does the coach scream at you guys in practice to get below the puck? <laughs> yeah. I mean, he lets us know if we are out, we're not doing that. Right. It's a good coach. Yep. Mine, mine used to hit me, but, uh, you know, that's different. <laughs> I was nowhere near as good. It was just peewee uh, hockey. Um, the good news, though, for you is that you're joining Team USA for the under-18s in Switzerland this year. Um, so you and your teammates are obviously going there to improve on the silver medal the team had last year. What's the approach that you're you're looking at taking? I think we're just kind of trying to live in the moment, right? I mean... We got a couple of days until we take off to go head over there. Um, so I think these last practices kind of soaking it in while we're here and um, knowing that we're going over there to do a job and come back with a gold medal. So I think living in the moment, taking pride in uh, what we're going to do over there. Now it's, it's Switzerland. It's a beautiful country. Um, is there any plans at team events where you guys get to travel a little bit because expanding your horizons when you guys are out as a group tends to help. Yeah. I mean, our group's really tight and uh, every trip we've gone on that we've been in different countries, we've always uh, kind of gone out in the town or seen different uh, sites. So I think maybe just walking around the town and checking out different shops, but I'm sure we'll have some team events of um, around Switzerland. I've heard it, the mountains and everything is beautiful. I've been there a few times. You guys are not going to be disappointed. Um, now, moving on to college. Um, clearly, you're a commit to Boston College. And my understanding is that's a bit of a family legacy. It is. So uh, how many generations, like, how many people in the family have done this? I'm the I'm the 14th Eagle to, to go over to Chestnut Hill, so I think been a long time coming, but I can't wait. And this is what, about 20 minutes from your hometown, the campus? Yeah, if that. So it's 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 a, big, it's a huge homecoming for you, and you're basically living near home, but not at home. Yeah, that's the twist. Now, 
my big question there is, how did you get your entire line to commit to BC? <laughs> well, I mean, we love playing with each other, so might as well do it at the next level too. Um, so I think we all kind of recruited ourselves um, and each other. So I think it worked out and uh, now we're all going there together. Uh, it, obviously you're going to be uh, up against some pretty stiff competition. BU, uh, they're, they're a strong team. Northeastern has had a strong team recently in the last few years. How much does it mean to be able to go to BC and maybe take back that bean pot next year? I mean, that means everything to me and the whole team. Uh, I know it's huge over at BC. So I think growing up as a kid, I mean, I probably went to every bean pot there was. Um, but I think there is some Boston pride in that. And uh, I definitely want to win that. Now, was there at all any thought of joining any other college but BC? Uh, I mean, BC's always been kind of in my in my blood, so I think um, when I finally made my decision to go here, I was uh, made myself happy. Now, to the draft, um, you're you're one of the top prospects that are coming out in this year's draft. Do you? And it's obviously this this draft. All the media has been harping on Bedard the entire year. Do you feel uh, a sense of relief with that or a sense of pressure that you've been under the radar? I mean, I don't think I really feel either of those. I think he's had a lot of the hype, but um, I think that's that's what the hockey world is. It's There's a lot of hype going around, and uh, I don't think there's any relief or pressure to do with that. I think it's just kind of worry about my game and our team, and uh, everything will work out. And being a very proud Lexington Mass boy, uh, being drafted to the NHL is clearly a big dream. But mm-hmm. would that dream be tarnished in any way if the rival Montreal Canadiens selected you? It definitely would not be tarnished. Would any of your family disown you until they needed tickets anyway? Uh, maybe if I didn't give him tickets, but uh, that'd be funny. Uh, be it. So I don't have a lot left. Pardon me. I didn't have a lot left to, to cover with you. I know you're very busy and I want to wish you the best of luck in the worlds this year. I hope you guys attain every goal that you've set for yourselves. And I hope to see you in Nashville. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you very much, Will, and uh, take care of yourself. Thank you. You too. The Podcast Super Friends is a monthly meeting of five podcast producers. Hi, I'm Catherine O'Brien from Branch Out Programs in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I'm John Gay from Jag and Detroit Podcasts. I'm Matt Kundle from the Sound Off Podcast Network. I'm David Yes from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. And I'm Johnny Peterson from Straight Up Podcasts. Together, they form the Podcast Super Friends, an alliance of podcast masterminds sharing best practices, insights, and discussions to help make you a better podcaster. Follow or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or at soundoff.network. 
I'm Jeff Woods, and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people. He, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. All, we all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all have. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know. And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from JeffWoodsRadio.com.